Hello and welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and I am by myself once again tonight. Josh keeps finagling these ways of uh, missing out on these episodes where he has to come and, and talk about another loss. Uh, tonight he was at a Manny Pacquiao fight, I believe. Uh, so good for Josh for escaping this, and uh, you'll be stuck with me tonight. I do want to stick to what I said last week about trying to uh, move past some of the uh, some of the criticism, just because at this point I feel like it's obvious, uh, and I'm going to make a quick case for that uh, at the beginning of this show, and then kind of move on. There's a few things that I that we do need to get to in terms of criticism that I, I feel like haven't been completely uh, analyzed or, or explained. Um, so there's a few things that I still want to get to and then move on to as, as many positives as we can draw from this and get back into your questions. I, I really do appreciate your questions and comments. Um, I know Josh does too. It brings a little something extra to the show. I love having all the different eyeballs uh, watching these games and helping us to kind of see it, um, see it all together and make sure that we don't miss anything. So continue continue sending in all those questions and comments because it really does make the show better. Um, with all that being said, we'll get right into it. LAFC lose 2-1 to one against Vancouver. Their second loss to Vancouver this season, who are not good. Um, LAFC are not good this season either, so here we are. Um, but it kind of shows you Vancouver are perennial losers in this league. Uh, they are only eight points ahead of the current wooden spoon contenders, Toronto FC, who have fired a coach this season, who had their, I don't know if he's their star striker anymore in Josie Altador, but I mean, he was sitting out because he was so frustrated with their coaching situation. Um, and LAFC are only eight points ahead of them on the table. Now that's not super close, but uh, that's, that's pretty close. LAFC are on 23 points this year. Uh, really pretty abysmal, if you ask me. And I kind of feel like it's what needs to be said is that LAFC is not a good team this year. They're not. And you can, you can go back to the very beginning and kind of walk yourself through kind of the wave top excuses that people have given. So at the beginning, it's, oh, you know, they're still getting together. Uh, we're still trying to figure things out, trying to work some new players in. And then it moves to, oh, well, you know, it's a rough patch, but uh, just wait for that four-game homestand in June. A lot was said about that. A lot was said about that four-game homestand that was bracketed by the international window, or the bracket at the international window, I should say. And they'll get right then. They'll get, and we'll know, we'll know for sure what's going to happen. And then that didn't go well. So then it shifted to, oh, they're going to bring in some new players in the, in the transfer window. They'll get involved and we'll be okay. Now, after that all happened, it became, oh, well, don't worry. The XG differential is good. This team is solid. Uh, you know, we're just unlucky right now, but they're, they're going to get it fixed. It'll be okay. And I feel like the next thing is probably going to be, hey, all these injuries keep piling up. And to a certain extent, that's that's true. It's true that LAFC have had a lot of injuries this year. And it's not something they haven't had to deal with it at this scale before. But 
that's part of the game. Teams teams run into this every year, and sometimes it tanks your season. But LAFC were bad before all these injuries. Um, I think the turf is uh, a valid critique of the league, but it's not the it's not the reason that LAFC are losing so much or getting injured so frequently. It doesn't help, um, but it's not you know there's there's 26 other teams in this league that deal with the same thing week in and week out. Uh, so anyway, here we are. These are the excuses that have been given, but it's time to conclude. Uh, like people have been saying all along, eventually you have to conclude who this team is and this is who they are. They're not a great team this year. They're not a good team this year. Right now they're not, it doesn't look like they'll make the playoffs. Um, still, a, still a possibility, but based on this dip in form, um, in an already bad season. So this is like the roughest of the rough patches, I would say, uh, where they've now, they're now winless in seven and they've lost four straight. Uh, and the team looks just as lost as they have all year. So that's, that's where we are. Um, and as we say, it is a, it, they, they do need our support. This is the harder time to be a supporter. It's easy to be a supporter when, uh, when times are good and LAFC is scoring four goals a game and just blowing people out, uh, it's harder during times like these. And to a certain extent, these kind of patches happen to all teams. So eventually they'll figure it out. Hopefully it's much sooner rather than later. Um, and hopefully it's this season, to be honest. But anyway, so they lost 2-1. Diego Rossi uh, scores a penalty at the very end of the first half. And then LAFC give up two pretty bad goals in the second half. Um, just really, really quite frustrating. Uh, both from the right side of play, uh, behind our makeshift back line that now sports um, Marco Farfan at left back, which is where Josh and I have advocated for him to play. Um, and Kim Luan at right back, which is a position that um, he doesn't look as comfortable playing as when he's at right wing back. I thought tonight he did look better than he has in the past, even though uh, on these goals, he doesn't cover himself in glory. On the first, on the first goal, the ball already crosses the line and you see Romero get really frustrated because the ball bounces behind the line and then pops back out. And one of the Vancouver attackers runs in and finishes it again. And you see Romero pretty animated about it. And Moon should have won that ball as it came back out of the goal. It, uh, again, it's a bit of a moot point because that was when the goal was scored, but I think it would have been hard to tell if that, if that ball had actually gone in. So, um, he's, you know, he's just kind of standing there ball watching. Um, and then on the second goal, he loses a man. He's the one that should be tracking the, the second runner as Mario has the first one. He realizes it, but far too late and isn't able to make up that, that space. Uh, Raheem Edwards also had a terrible sequence on that first goal where he comes out and tries to win a header on switch ball. Uh, and then it's just kind of, you know, lost in between two attackers who just passed right around him and eventually the goal scored behind, you know, the, the cross is served in from behind him. 
So um, fullbacks continue to be bad. Uh, and we've played a lot of different fullbacks. One, one question that I have, and this goes back to the roster build, is what is Jordan Harvey doing on this roster? I don't know what the answer to that question is. Jordan Harvey, I think, has maybe played 20 minutes all season. And now that Diego Palacios is out and injured, again, we don't know how long, but Raheem Edwards comes in to play left back in a, in a back four. And I'm left wondering, why can't Harvey pick up these minutes? You know he's going to be at least decent defensively and probably not give you anything in the attack at this point. But what what is Jordan Harvey's role on this team? And it's not to pick on Jordan Harvey. I, th- I mean, let the man, the man was part of the original squad. Like, let that man be on the roster as long as he feels like being on the roster as far as I'm concerned. But then, like, what? I, I, I don't understand how he's never used and how Raheem Edwards is the guy that you bring on. Because it's clear that the man cannot defend. He's not, he's, Raheem Edwards is not even a defender. So if you're telling me that Jordan Harvey's going to be a coach, fine. Make him a coach, whatever. Again, as I said, if you have to, if you have to keep him on for this year on the roster and then make him a coach next year, whatever. But man, I, when I am already skeptical of the roster build, and then these kind of things happen uh, where you bring on a very poor defender in Raheem Edwards and you give up a, another game winner. And I look down at the bench and I think, all right, well, Jordan Harvey's back there. I don't even know if Marco Farfan needed to come off. Um, it just, again, makes me question what this roster is about. I don't understand. I, I don't understand this roster. Um, the other thing that I'll say about tonight's game before we just kind of move on is uh, that, again, there's a lot of talk about XG differential and how LAFC have one of the better XG differentials in the league. Well, guess what their real goal differential is now? Negative three. It's negative three. And you can say all you want that... Oh, it's just luck because XG is what's really, that's really the amount of chances that they've had, quality chances. It's a good measurement on how they're producing. But LAFC cannot finish goals. And yes, finishing is a real skill. It's not just something you do on FIFA. Your ability to finish off-platform accurately, um, in the air, from different angles, that's all important. It's very important. And the and the harder those chances are that are being created, so like the, the more difficult the chance is, the more important the finishing becomes. And LAFC are a poor finishing team. And I don't think that's disputable at this point. You get good finishes every once in a while. Cifuentes has that volley from uh, the, the corner kick not too long ago. You see a couple headers here and there. But they are a poor finishing team. And that is going to mess with your XG numbers, I would say. Um, or it's going, to, it's going to invalidate the conclusions that you draw from them, is what I would say. 
because even if you create big chance after big chance after big chance and your XG is super high, if you can't finish as you're expected to, what's the point of the XG anyway? Um, so that's for me, again, I don't, I don't want, I don't hate statistics. I don't hate analytics, but what I do hate is excuses made for poor performance based on statistics, especially when it goes on and on and on and on. It was okay at the beginning of the season where you just don't have enough data yet. And so through five or six games, you say, hey, their XG is good. They're creating chances, whatever. But at this point, we have enough data from watching all these games. We know what this team is not doing, and this team is not scoring goals, and they're giving up late goals over and over and over and over again. So I'm just, I'm not interested in those excuses at all. Um, anyway, let's get back into the positives. Mamadou Fall, again, continues to be a massive bright spot. Uh, both defensively, offensively, uh, his ability to dribble past defenders, his ability to hit various types of passes, uh, whether it's in between lines, and I know some people quibble over that, but the, the quality of his ball through the lines is, is great. It should find uh, the feet of the attackers in a, in a or they do, he does find the feet of the attackers in a great spot. Those attackers frequently let him down with sloppy and loose touches when receiving the ball, so it doesn't really matter. His ball over the top is spectacular as well, even though I think that kind of root one ball is asinine and counterproductive and a large part of the reason that LAFC are struggling so much this season, in my eyes, is because they keep playing that those balls. They, they used to press higher up the field, and win the ball, so turn it over, and then immediately play in. So they, they hit on counterattacks really well, but they were starting those counterattacks from further up the field where they were winning the ball. That's not the case anymore. They win the ball further back in the field, and they're still looking to play those quick passes through, as we've said over and over and over again on this show. And it doesn't come off very well. And again, you can say, oh, well, they had, they're playing that way, and they had 24 shots today. Like, I don't, I don't care how many goals did they have. They had one. So whatever it is, is not working. And at this point, again, it's, it's beyond, it's beyond dispute. So, uh, Mamadou Fall is a great, great addition to this team. Um, Tomas Romero, again, he, he's been, he's been steady back there. I think long-term that kid is a real answer. Jose Cifuentes continues to look good. Brian Rodriguez continues to look more comfortable. Chicho Arango looks more active. He saw, I saw him popping up on the right end and in the middle today. I thought he looked quick getting by defenders when on the wing and that the service on his crosses was, was good. Um, so again, there are positive things there. I, I do worry about, you know, are these players going to sour if these results continue to happen and there's no changes made, um, it would be my only concern there. Uh, because again, then you're, these positive things that you're seeing don't make any difference in the coming season because 
now Brian still wants to leave because it didn't go his way or Chicho isn't happy or whatever it is. Um, so there are positive things still being shown every game, but um, there's not a whole lot of them. And it, it's, it's hard when you, especially when you lose, you're up one nothing, and then you give up two, two second half goals like that to lose. It's tough. So anyway, um, I feel like we've talked about all these things over and over and over again. If you feel like I have LAFCs or that I have LAFC wrong this season, please let me know. Reach out. Uh, DM us. DM me. Uh, just tweet at me. Like, let me know. Let me know how I have it wrong because I'm genuinely interested in knowing uh, what it is that, that they can build on and continue to, like, what can they use to get both into the playoffs and then make a deep run. Uh, if you have any ideas, let me know. All right. Let's see here. Let's go ahead and get into questions. Uh, I'm sorry, everybody. I just don't feel like doing an hour-long podcast by myself. And there are a lot of questions tonight. All right. First one here, Justin33W. Positive. 4-3-3 with Arango at the 9 looks great. Raito was being direct and taking on defenders. The mids offered a bit more solidity. Negative. Rossi is just bad at the moment. He should have scored the 1v1. Edwards can't play football. Bob better get the result on the 28th or it's off with his head. So, again, the positives. I do agree. I think the 4-3-3 looks good. I think Arango is, is a good fit. And as the team continues to gel, you're going to see him look more and more comfortable, even if the results don't come or, or aren't coming now. Uh, that midfield, again, Atuesta, Sifu, and, and Blessing, I think is probably your best shot right now. Um, again, Cifuentes is very active in shuttling the ball forward, helping to create a little bit. Uh, I, I would like to see a little bit more... Um, defensively from those three, but uh, negative Rossi being bad at the moment is 100% true. Edwards just being, you know, Edwards can't play football, and the more that you see him, the more that it feels like that. And I do agree, if, if this result goes bad for, for Bob uh, next week, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be uh, a bit of an untenable situation for everybody involved in LAFC to, to not start asking those questions very seriously. Uh, Christopher Colonna at LAFC 2021. Um, looks like I had the wrong one here. Winless in seven now, another lead blown and another collapse. How much longer are we going to keep doing this, LAFC fans? A few questions. If you were the boss, how much longer would you stick with Bob before letting him go? The same question is one, only with Thornton. When you give up on the season, uh, when would you give up on the season and start planning ahead for 2022? My stance on Bob and Thornton is clear. They both need to go. And now I'm at the point where I'm considering 2021 a lost year. And I'm looking forward to 2022. Yeah, I, in terms of a lost year, I'm starting to see this more and more as a season to forget. As a season where things just did not work out in Anything that you tried, you've tried to move Rossi, that isn't happy. You tried to move Atuesta, that hasn't happened. You tried to move Rodriguez early on, that didn't happen. Um, you 
and tried to put something together on the field that is going to make you competitive, and you haven't done that yet either. Again, despite the XG truthers out there on LAFC, they're not winning. So you can't argue with those results or lack of results. Um, so 2021 continues to look more and more bleak. Uh, 2022, there are still pieces. That's, that's the positive thing is you see individual performances that are going well. And you just hope that whatever happens in the next two or three months as the season wraps up, that it doesn't sour the potential for 2022. Uh, as far as when would I consider firing Bob and JT, um, I think the condition there is when, you, whenever the players, whenever it is more detrimental to have them in place to the players is when you have to do it. So for example, if Carlos and, and Erod and I don't know, Atuesta are all uncomfortable with Bob, uh, then that's the time to move on uh, because you can't afford to sour the, the, the relationships with the players that actually get on the field and execute. Uh, more from Christopher here. Also, I'd say I'd honestly be okay if this is the last year with Vela. He's hurt more often than not these days. And when does he play? And when he does play, he looks like a shell of what he used to be. Old and unmotivated. Frankly, the guy looks washed up. I think that's a bit harsh. I think I think because of the injuries uh, and because of the poor results, he is unmotivated and not uh, not as good as he has been. I don't think it's over for him. I think they can still put something together again, probably next year when he's fully healthy. But. Um, it's it's at least worth the question, you know. Are will the will the team pick up that option next year? I I don't know. I would assume that the answer is yes. If he does stay for some reason, he needs to be making way less than what the club are paying him at the moment. He's not worthy of being the highest paid player in the league. Take that money and reinvest in some younger and hungrier players. So what I will say about this part is that because he's on DP money, the owners can basically play pay him whatever, unless you're arguing. Uh, for him to become like a TAM level or, or you know, a regular player that you're just buying down with GAM um, so that you can sign another DP, but that'll never happen. All right, next one is from Lionel Hutz, app from Cheap Seat. Sorry, got nothing. I know this is stupid, but for the sake of my mental well-being, I'm just chalking this season up to bad luck. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get that urge, and I get the idea just to say, hey, this is a bad season, didn't go our way, that's fine. And there's no, there's no shame in that. Again, I, I get a little bit skittish about luck uh, and just bad luck. And I do think, you know, there's something to be said about a string of injuries like LAFC have seen and poor finishing over and over and over and over and over again. But again, that poor, that poor finishing to me is more of a problem and specifically an avoidable problem as opposed to just bad luck. Ben Cox at Sir Bensington, full yips, full collapse, season over. Give me 22 things, 2022 things to think forward uh, to, to, excuse me, 2022 things to look forward to. I, and again, I, I agree here. I think uh, you, you need to start considering the season lost. And again, that is my calculation with, 
does Bob stay? Does he go? It's if he stays through the end of the season or if we end up keeping him next season, what is the state of those players uh, as a result? Um, because eventually they have to protect the players, uh, which are the guys that actually go out and get it done. Okay. Pat at Yo-Yo Tori 66. Why should Bob keep his job and why isn't Thornton being held accountable as well? Um, this is, so this is something I, I, I don't know. I think this is Pat's first time tweeting at the show. So I don't know how often uh, they've listened to the show, but what I will say about this is this is something that Josh and I have tried to distinguish from early on the season about the roster build not being great and how JT is implicated in this, um, both for you know his employee, Bob, getting these results and for the roster build itself. Uh, I think if you look at the roster, there are clear problems. We talked about Jordan Harvey. We talked about Raheem Edwards. We talked about the inability to move players, the unwillingness to move players unless the price tag is super high. Atuesta and and Rossi being the two uh, that I'm referring to really right there. Um, they should have been moved when they had the chance. I thought it was interesting to hear uh, JT on, on the MVP show with Max and Vince saying that, you know, they're very active in providing statistics to clubs in Europe. Like, hey, this is Diego Rossi. These are the kind of goals he scores. This is these are the analytics behind your team. And uh, this is this is why we think you'd be good. And the only thing that I could think of during that entire explanation about them going out and trying to like actively uh, promote these players is, yeah, but you haven't sold anybody. You can go out and you can tell Everton and Tottenham and Fiorentina that Diego Rossi is the best player for their team. And you could be right. But if you then say, oh, well, the price tag is $25 million, then they're not going to do it no matter what. They're just not. So while I think that that's a brilliant idea and I want them to keep doing it, I also want them to be a little bit more pragmatic and realistic about moving players uh, and being able to turn over the roster as necessary. Um, so that's that's to me where, where Thornton really needs to be held accountable is – you can't tell me at the end of last season, I think you probably could have sold Rossi for 12 to 15 million. And I don't know that anybody's going to do that right now based on his current form. Uh, all right. Next one, the shoe at Paul T. Greco time to move on from Vela too many injuries or does he just need a new coach? I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to say, uh, there are, this will be his second or third injury of the season against he started, uh, he started the season injured. And I remember me and Josh talked about it because both he and Rossi started uh, injured this season. And we took some flack for saying like, hey, what's, what's, what's the deal here? What's going on? Um, but I, I, man, I don't know. I think, I think if it's just an injury like an injury riddled season for him, then you keep him. If it, if there is something else going on, if he's having a clash with somebody on the staff, you probably need to, to boot that staff because it's not just Carlos that's having problems with it, obviously. Um, 
and see if you can keep them happy. Uh, or if you're totally sold on the staff, then yeah, it's, it's time to get rid of Carlos. But I, again, I don't think that's the answer. I think the answer is probably somewhere on the staff at this point. But somber Amarath, that's somber Amarath. The simple fact that Bob has not bothered to teach our players that they should never lean back when shooting from six yards out is reason enough to call for hashtag Bob out. Uh, yeah, I've, I've never seen them practice, so I don't, I don't know what they do for finishing drills. What I will, I do agree that the finishing is really poor on this team and it continues. It's been poor all season. It continues to be poor. Um, you brought in a Rongo, good for you. You brought in a number nine, but you still have this problem of too many wingers that can't play at the same time. You still have a problem of not enough shooting capability from the midfield. Um, so here we are, not enough goals. Okay, Dolly Black and Gold Podcast. Hey, what's up, Pablo? Second bad season in a row, period. This is the moment of truth for this club and front office. Are we going to be a big club? It's time to act like one and fire Bob just for the simple fact of sending a clear message to players and fans. We won't accept to be a low middle table team. This is an interesting point. The idea of sending a message that this is not who this club is. And I, I do agree this is the standard that they have set, that they've communicated to everybody. Um, and to a certain extent, I do think, I do think Pablo's right here that, uh, you have to, you have to get the messaging right before it's too late. Um, again, when, when that is this season, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad I don't have to make that decision, but, uh, these are your stated goals. You, you've said that you want to compete for silverware perpetually and constantly and that's not going to happen this year so uh what are you going to do what are you going to do to change that both this season and make sure that people know that in the future all right tom Camilleri at bronco fan 07 just a gift from the simpsons from the simpsons that says it's all over people we don't have a prayer yeah pretty much sums it all up um this is looking more and more bleak with every passing game. AK Griff at Griff Stokes. Not surprised with a gif that says same blank, different day. You guys can all fill in the blank there. Yeah, here we go again with more losses, more late losses, more excuses. All right. Uh, it looks like that's all the questions for tonight. Um, yeah. So again, thank you everybody for tweeting in. Oh, wait. One more from Ms. Minert, our girl at Shop Eat Sleep. I'm tired. I hate it here. And then Trevor Bailey responds to that. Can everyone be fired? Yeah, I think, I, I think she's right though. I think we're all tired. <laughs> we're all tired of this. Uh, continue to support however we can. Even though it is tiring, uh, make sure that they know we're behind them and that they, you know, in both las buenas y las malas, vamos a cantar, right? Um, we'll be there for them. Uh, but man, this sucks right now, guys. It really does, and I'm not sure how they how they get out of it because both from a tactics perspective and from like a technical perspective. So 
the way they counter uh, from deep so ineffectively and yet defend so ineffectively as well, the way they don't finish chances when they're created on the technical side, uh, it's just difficult. It's difficult. But anyway, thank you all for listening tonight. We'll talk to you again after the Galaxy game. And I feel like this is our new tradition where I say I come on here and I say, hopefully the next time we talk to you won't be under these same circumstances. And I really hope for everybody's sake that after the Galaxy game, we're talking about uh, we're talking about this in a positive light. So we will talk to you all next week. Good night.